0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, now a toddler, and our new addition, Elwood, born this May. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, toddler and now as a mum of two, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative, and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. If you have listened from the very beginning of Mum Talk, you will know it was love at first sight when I met the products created by the midwives at My Expert Midwife. When pregnant with Amaldine and Elwood, not a day went by where I didn't use my favourite product, Fantastic Skin Elastic. I feel incredibly honoured to be working with My Expert Midwife, a brand that has truly supported me physically through both of my pregnancies. Recovery after childbirth can be challenging, both emotionally and physically. My expert midwife have created a recovery duo designed to soothe bruising, swelling and soreness of the perineum after birth. This includes Spritz for Bits, which provides instant relief to the perineum. You will have heard me raving about this after my first pregnancy, plus the new Soak for Bits, a must-have to add to those first few baths after your baby is born to aid recovery and soothe aching muscles. I could go on and on and rave about every single product I have tried. I know how important it is to have confidence and trust that what you are putting on your skin is 100% safe for pregnancy and baby. For me, using my Expert Midwife products gave me that trust and confidence. My Expert Midwife not only develop incredible products, they provide midwife expertise for pregnancy, birth, and becoming a new mum. To find out more on how to prepare and recover from childbirth, visit My Expert Midwife at www.myexpertmidwife.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series Ten, Episode Four. And I am feeling like I have serious mum wins right now because Elwood is asleep in the next room. I'm recording this on Tuesday at ten o'clock. In the well, it's ten thirty now actually, but I put Elwood down for the very first time um, for his morning nap properly in his uh, snooze pod. I've never done this before. He's always just fit in with family life. Uh, he's always been, you know, sleeping when he wants to sleep, whether that's on me or in the buggy. I've paid very little attention to what time, how long he's awake for and what time he's um, asleep for, etc, etc. But I have refreshed my memory now, um, looking at Taking Care of babies blogs, which you guys know I love. I haven't bought her courses, but I love her blog posts. It gives you kind of breakdowns of, guy. um guide, it, it guides you essentially on how long they should be awake for, how long they should be asleep for, yada, yada, yada. But I don't wake up babies ever. I never did with Amandine. I still don't with Amandine and I won't with Elwood, um, unless kind of he needs removing out of the car seat or whatever. But he is next door, having been awake for I would say maybe two hours. So it should be about 90 minutes, but uh, about two hours. And I thought, I'm going to put him down in a dark room with white noise. We're at home for the foreseeable. Coming to you from back in the UK, we're quarantining. Um, And I thought, what a great time to just try and solidify these naps a little bit more. They'll go back to being in the buggy and back to on the carrier. But whilst we're at home, it at least enables me to be with Amaldine or do the laundry, which I seem to have endless amounts of. Some work, hoover, clean things that haven't happened for the last nine weeks. (laughs) So, that is, I'm really chuffed. I'm really chuffed and proud of him that he's gone down like a pro. So, this week on today's podcast, I'm going to talk about our travel back from France, our quarantining. Loads of you guys asking lots of questions around those. So, I'll talk about those and then anything I've missed, I'll answer the questions at the end. I'm also going to talk about Elwood's sleep um his milestones what I'm feeling about bottle and expressing a little chat about Amandine um and that's about it because you guys have some really interesting questions so seeing as I'm on Elwood's sleep I might as well continue on with Elwood's sleep before I then chat about our trip back from France um so Elwood whilst we were in France I don't know what it was but was what nine weeks now And I don't know what it was about France, but he slept an obscene amount in the night. That has not come back to the UK with us, unfortunately. But in France, he was sleeping eight hours. He said he was sleeping through the night, which is insane. So he was sleeping from 10, which is when I would kind of last feed him, right the way through for eight hours. I mean incredible for feeding and then I would feed him in bed and he would literally wake up on the dot the same time every morning for his milk. I don't know what happened to him in France but I don't know if it was just so overwhelming. What I do know is and this is what's happening differently over here is in France he was awake a lot later into the evening so he'd take his last nap Sometimes around dinner time and then he'd be really quite awake between 8 and 9.30 I would say and then I'd give him his last feed between 9.30 and 10.30 and then he'd go to sleep and he would sleep all the way through. Whereas here... I am trying to get him to go down just after we've put Amaldine to sleep, which I guess is about 7.30, which is about 8.30 in France. And then he's sleeping all the way through and I'm trying to wake him up as much as I can, but it's really hard to, to get him to wake up for a dream feed around um, 10 o'clock. And then he's only sleeping until 3.30. So I don't quite, which is still great, still great. So I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to leave him and just not feed him and do the dream feed, not do the dream feed, and let him sleep through, and he'll probably sleep through till 3.30 as well, because he's not drinking much at 10.30, or 10, whenever I'm doing the dream feed. Um, Or whether to have him up a bit later, so he sleeps the massive sections. I don't know what to do yet. (laughs) I might try not doing the dream feed tonight, go to bed myself really early at like 9 o'clock, and then I'll be prepped if he wakes up early for food. Um, and he just seems really uncomfortable as well here. It's really weird. I, I don't know if he's just... The first night um, we slept here, Amandine woke up screaming because she just didn't know where she was. Um, it was really sweet, actually. I said to her, did you have a bad dream? And she said yes. And we Hendrik and I both asked what it was about. And she couldn't answer. And then I said, well, were you lost? Did you not know where you were? And then she said yes. So it was about not knowing where she was. And I wonder if that's the same with Elwood. He doesn't really know where he is. I don't know. It's all... I guess it's just settling back in. We've been away for two weeks in different beds. We slept in a hotel uh, on our way back here um, to the UK. So that was again a different bed. But he slept really well in the hotel too. Also the difference is is that he is actually in bed with me um, in France and in the hotel. Whereas here he's in his snooze pod. But it is basically like he's in bed with me. He is no further away from me than he is in his, uh, when he was lying next to me on the mattress. So I really, I'm yet to figure out the main difference. If you have any insight or if you're picking up on what I'm saying and thinking, uh, obviously this is the difference, please DM me on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram because I would love your insight because sometimes just having someone listen to what you're saying and advising you based on uh, what you're saying is really, really helpful. He's not getting overtired. He's still sleeping. He's napping well in the day. Um, I mean, not well well and I'm paying very little attention to when he's actually napping but I think he's getting enough naps in the day again they just happen if and when he falls asleep um I pay very little attention to wake times but this is changing today (laughs) I'm gonna try and make a little bit more effort poor boy it's it's so different with the second (laughs) So so different with a second. Um the amount of time I put into focusing on Amaldine's naps and Amaldine's sleep and she was napping in the in her cot in her bedroom by this time I think. Um and Elwood's not doing that. Mainly because Hendrik won't move out of the bloody room. Hendrik is still in Elwood's bedroom, on the double mattress, on the floor. And I just want Elwood's room back. I put so much effort, this is really selfish of me isn't it, but I put so much effort into making a really beautiful space for Elwood, or what I thought was a beautiful calm space. Everybody's different, um, Hendrik being one. He does not think I've created a beautiful calm space. But anyway, um, I want it back. I want it back and I want our little study room to be Back to normal as well, because currently that has Elwood's cot in, which basically takes up the whole room because it's a really small room. So I'm trying to persuade Hendrik to build the bed back in the garage after we shifted it out so I could give birth, put it back in there, and then he can have a single mattress in the um, in Elwood's bedroom. So when Elwood is still in with me in the nights, Hendrik can go on the single mattress in Elwood's bedroom. And I can still use Elwood's bedroom for naps and nappy changes and getting dressed and all that kind of stuff. Because at the moment it's all in my room and it's a tip and I hate living in a tip. And I feel like we've done it for two months now. I don't want to do it anymore. So (laughs) I'm going to try and persuade him. But he did actually just drop into the conversation just before I came up here to say I'm going to do my podcast. Is that okay? Um, He, oh, best turn those off. He um, said, "I want to build the bed today." So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, he's going to build it today, and we'll get the single mattress up here, which is the single mattress I essentially gave birth on. But as I told you guys, if you buy um, if you buy a mattress for any reason for birthing, leave the plastic on. You can unroll the IKEA mattress with the plastic still on, and it will, uh, you know, what it does. It kind of lifts out, doesn't it? The mattresses from IKEA. And um, that was the best hack ever because I just didn't, covering it with an old sheet and towels was enough because nothing went through, which was a good thing because there was an awful lot of blood. Um, so that was good. So yes, Elwood Sleep has been brilliant. So I'm just going to try and figure out how to make it, how to ease him back into sleeping at home for eight hours because that was lovely. That was really nice and I feel very refreshed. Um, I'm also going to try for my sanity to get up after his first feed and not go back to sleep, it's really easy for me to go back to sleep after feeding him. Obviously, not going to do that at three thirty. But if he wakes up as he was doing in France around six o'clock, I'm then going to get up because having those couple of hours when he falls back to sleep and Amandine's still asleep, that's gold dust to me. So, and I really need it. I feel like mentally, I really need it. At the time, I do not want to get out of bed. I want to stay in bed. But it's the only time of day where someone doesn't need something whether it be Hendrik, Elwood or Amaldine or me even um, there's nothing that's urgent and I can just have some time for me and I'd like to get back into med- meditation and some breathing techniques just to start my day maybe a little bit of movement some yoga or whatever um, and I feel like this time at home whilst we're quarantining is the best time for it I am actually really enjoying quarantining. (laughs) Yesterday, um, we had two visits from Test and Trace, NHS Test and Trace. Um, They came in the morning for Hendrik and asked for his ID. And I kind of ran to the door to be like, hi, I'm being a good girl. I'm here too. And he was like, oh, no, I only need to see Hendrik. But thanks so much and so, okay, fine, and then in the after, and then Hendrick got a phone call as well and then in the afternoon, literally just as I'd got Elwood to sleep had a knock, a massive knock on the door, everyone was napping so I text Hendrick being like, can you see who that is please, knowing full well it would be track and trace pretty much, and it was because we have a big sign on our door saying please don't knock, leave parcels uh, in the porch and Andrew came up and was like, they need to see you, it's for you this time, it's track and tra- it's test and trace for you. So I went downstairs, showed my ID, and I very very mum-like said, um, I don't know if this is possible, but is it possible to make a note that if you're going to visit again, can you come not during nap time please, because I've got an, a nine-week-old and a two-year-old who are napping, and if you want to see the whole family, I'm not going to wake them up from their naps to bring them downstairs so you can see them. Uh, And he was very understanding, but he had no way of writing a note. And I do understand, they're meant to turn up completely out of the blue. If you knew when they were coming, you could, if you felt like breaking the rules, you could potentially navigate around the times that they were going to come. Not that that would be sensible, because we're all trying to protect people here. But um, you could. So anyway, if they come again and they want to see the whole family... I am not inclined to wake the kids up from their naps so they can see them. Also, where would our children be if both Hendrik and I were at home? Where would they be? I guess you could say they'd be out with their grandma or whatever, but that would be really naughty. Anyway, and against the rules. And we could be hugely fined, so that's just not going to happen. But the poor track and trace, or test and trace, I keep calling them track and trace, the poor test and trace guy said that some people were really nasty, And, oh gosh, I can hear Elwood, I think. One moment. He's at that really funny stage at the moment where he could potentially put himself back to sleep. So I'm going to just listen out and see if he will put himself back to sleep. He's not very good at um, joining his 40-minute sleep cycles together when he does his naps. So... That's the stage that we're at as well. I'm just very much hoping that he will join them together, but I don't think he's going to anyway. Nope. So I have him here, breastfeeding. (laughs) That didn't work. But it was bang on 40 minutes, pretty much. I put him down. I reckon he went to sleep about 10 past 10. And he woke up at 10.45-ish. 10.50, which is bang on, isn't it? (laughs) So any tips on getting him to connect his 40 minutes would be highly appreciated as well because he's not doing it and I don't know how to encourage it unless I go in before he wakes up and try and rock him a bit. I don't know. I've no idea. I've forgotten all of this stuff. So if any, uh, if any sleep consultants are listening and want to pop me a DM or tell me how to help him connect his sleep cycles, that would be great. Um... Yes, quarantine. So Hendrik also, so we got our two visits yesterday, we also, Hendrik also got a phone call. I got a phone call this morning just um, asking me basically, am I at home? Yes. Um, although I was very aware that Amandine was playing a Duplo train game on the iPad. So the lady on the end of the phone could probably hear the train noises thinking, where is she? But she didn't ask me, um... She didn't ask me about it, so I don't know, maybe she didn't hear. But yeah, I thought that was quite funny. (laughs) So we're I I expect them to call again or visit again maybe, I don't know, in a few days' time or call again in a few days' time just to double-check, but my goodness, they are on it. I thought it was just rumours that they checked up on you, but no, we have very much had checks. Hendrik and I had a 20p bet. I said that they would check on us, Hendrik said not, and it was really funny actually. You can't write this stuff, but it was really funny because as we were making the bet, I heard someone walk in on our gravel, and I was like, that's odd, maybe it's a neighbour. Anyway, it was a track and trace person, so I wish I had, or test and trace person, I wish I had bet hundreds. I wish I had, I could have bought myself a nice dress or something. Anyhow, I must tell you, talking about dresses and buying clothes, it's such a... Weird thing, isn't it, being postpartum? None of your clothes fitting. Before I went to France, I was having a right panic because I couldn't fit in any of my shorts. I couldn't. I didn't feel nice. I felt pretty gross, um, and I'm sure that's because you know lack of showering, covered in baby sick all the time. Uh, I felt gross. Anyway, I I spent hundreds, I would say, on clothes. Um, and I got them all sent to me, and every single thing went back, which saved my wallet hugely, my hundreds, which I would never normally spend on clothes, and went to France just with what I had in my wardrobe already, and made it work, and actually it was totally fine, and I am so pleased I didn't keep anything that I bought, because um, I actually the one thing I did keep was a sun hat, but you know, my head doesn't change when you're pregnant, I don't think. Um, because it was fine. And I think I would have regretted it had I spent money on clothes and worn them a couple of times whilst in France and then not worn them here. Because when I'm at home, I very much wear anything going. <laughs> I don't really care. Poor Hendrick. Um, I don't really care what I look like. Anyway... Um, The other thing I wanted to update you on was Elwood's uh, sick, essentially. So as you know, he was being really ill and throwing up pretty much every feed. That really turned a corner in France. He barely threw up anything. Now I don't know whether that's because it was so hot that his body was really using everything. I don't know. Maybe digesting quicker? I have no idea. Or whether he was feeding better because I was less stressed, there was less going on. Um, who knows, but he was really hardly sick at all. So that's quite nice. I'm hoping he might have just, um, you know, he's grown, his digestive system has matured. Um, I think there's a flap or something that matures also, um, as they grow older. I measured him. Now I know you're meant to get a professional to do it, but, um, I don't, I don't know if those clinics are still running where you can go and weigh your baby or not, but I measured him and he is literally off the scale. Um, or almost off the scale but he is he is essentially a hundred percentile for height for his age or length which is what they say at this age isn't it and i need to weigh him he is he is such a giant um but i actually love it now he's so robust which is quite a good thing with amaldine because amaldine is not particularly um careful with him and every single time and i feel like such a nagging mum, and i'm really trying not to be but every time he goes she goes near him i'm always like be careful, he's fragile, remember, he's a baby, because she'll literally just grab his arm and start pulling, Um, and Hendrik does the same. Hendrik also says he's really fragile, so we're trying to drum it into her, but she's not really listening so much, Um, but then also she'll go over and give him a kiss, and she's at the point where she really is copying what we're doing, which is so sweet. Um, She's you know, I'll go over to him when he's crying and say, it's okay, Mummy's here, Amandine's here, papa's here, everybody's here. And she'll now go over and go, it's okay, Amandine's here, <laughs> mama's here. It's very, very, very sweet. Um, her attitude has changed a little bit, or her behavior. I'm sure it's because there's been a lot of upheaval, tra- upheaval, traveling being a, a Hendrix parents, um long car journeys, ferry rides, hotel rooms, lots going on, but she is quite hard work at the moment, um, which toddlers are aren't they? Yeah. We're getting why 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 all the time um, and she needs something all the time and she's throwing things on the floor. She's really testing our patients and testing her boundaries, which I think is well which is very very normal um, so we're trying to explain to her every time rather than lose it but oh yesterday especially towards the end of the day hendrik said to me she's really grating on me <laughs> really really grating on me which is rare for hendrik to say because as you guys know he adores adores amandine he she he can literally she sorry can literally do nothing wrong I had a question around um, bottle feeding, which um, made me think about it, actually, because I hadn't really been thinking about it. Um, At the moment, it's just easier to whip my boobs out. Yes, I would have a lot more flexibility, especially doing things with Amandine, if I expressed and bottle fed. But right this minute, I cannot be asked, really, to sterilise express store, feed it just um bottle feed it just try and get Elwood to take the bottle. It just seems like quite a big thing to get my head around at the moment i 've got all of the stuff, but it just seems like quite a big thing, but yes, it would free up a lot of my time um, and help me with Amaldine and being able to do things like swimming that I really want to do, and also maybe potentially take a bit of time to myself um, or my mum be able to look after Elwood a bit longer. I mean, as his feeds get a little bit further apart as well, that will obviously help situations, but I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a palaver at the moment to start it all again, but I'm sure if I just did it um, and got everything out and just got organised, it wouldn't seem a big deal at all. Uh, But I wonder wonder how many of you with seconds just um, continued to whip your boobs out or if it was actually easier with a toddler to... Express and bottle feed a little bit. I'd be interested to know if anyone fancies popping me a direct message and having a chat about it. I'd be interested. I've also um, noticed with Elwood milestones wise that he's started to reach for things. He's having an absolute ball of a time um, trying to reach for things hanging over his head. We've got the Stocker Trip Trap, and which is very kindly gifted to us with a newborn set. And it has a brilliant hanging, uh, essentially a hanger thing on it. And it's absolutely great. And I've just hung like a shoelace almost, tied in lots of little loops. Um, Obviously, I do it whilst I'm watching over him. Um, but he loves grabbing for it and he has such a giggle to himself and he just he's really discovering his hands which is amazing to see I forgot how amazing it was all of these little things that if you're concentrating you can catch and it's so cute anyway back to quarantine so we are quarantining for the next uh, four days we're essentially on day wait are we day one no we're day we're day two now yeah, we're day two. So we've got to do our day two test today um, and we're going to quarantine until day five. We've we we've opted for the test and release on day five. Um, so we are going to go and do that and fingers crossed that will be negative and then we can continue on with life and Hendrik can go back to work. So yeah, Hendrick's back to work in, um, in August, which I did talk about last week. Um, it's not going to quite look like what we wanted it to look like, but you know, that's just the way it is. Right, let's have a quick little ad break and then I will be back to talk to you all about our trip back to the UK and answer your questions. You may remember Leslie Gilchrist, CEO and clinical director of My Expert Midwife, joining me on the podcast in series nine. Leslie shared an incredible amount of knowledge. The midwives at My Expert Midwife have created some easy checklists and guides to help you through your pregnancy and birth journey, from perineal massage, pain relief, to preparing your hospital bag and prioritising your recovery. They have a fantastic expert advice section on www.myexpertmidwife.com. Do go and have a look, they will most likely answer a lot of those pressing questions that you need expertly covered. We are now so incredibly lucky to have direct access to the wonderful team at My Expert Midwife. This year, they launched antenatal classes, which are 100% midwife-led. If you are pregnant and planning for birth, whether you're a first-time mum or having your second or third baby, these are for you. They are evidence-based, preparing you and your partner for the realities of childbirth, replacing the anxiety of the unknown with the excitement and anticipation, helping you to enjoy the journey visit www.myexpertmidwife.com to learn more all right so our trip back to the uk was highly uneventful it was wonderful um i think if we chose to do it again we would try and get overnight ferries for sure because especially coming back from france we had to drive in the day which was much easier than well i thought it was much easier than driving at night there was it was less hard work for me because at night I was constantly trying to keep Elwood quiet whilst to let Amaldine sleep and not wake her up but in the daytime I wasn't so worried about that um the kids were amazing we only really had to do one stop um, where we had a big stop for lunch it was about an hour we stopped I managed to feed Elwood twice so he was well fed up um with milk but we had more traffic, of course. We were travelling on a Saturday, which is a changeover day in France in the summer holidays. Um so we had that. So we were actually driving for seven hours and um an hour stop. So it was a total of eight hours. So we left at eight o'clock in the morning and we got to the hotel at four o'clock in the afternoon. So it was a long time, it felt like we were travelling all day, and then we went for a little walk around the village, and um, we got taken with pizza, we went to get um, some bits for breakfast from the supermarket, um, but it would have been really nice if we'd driven and then we had arrived at the ferry, got on the ferry, slept on the ferry and then arrived the next morning and driven home. Because we slept the night in the hotel, it was almost like travel time that was wasted, if you know what I mean. Um, because then we got up, we went for our ferry, our ferry wasn't until nine forty five and then we arrived in the uk at two o 'clock. We drove home for an hour, so we got home at about three thirty because we had to go through customs etc, and all of that stuff. so it was okay. just a, it just felt a bit like wasted time, but unfortunately, because there were so few ferries running, we didn 't have the option to do a, a an overnight on the way back for our route, which was Roscoff to Plymouth. Um, it's a really short ferry, it's only 5 hours, um, 5 hours 15 or something like that. And the time goes so incredibly quickly. By the time we got on, we went to our cabin, we had a bit of downtime, uh, Amaldine was excited, we went back up on, onto the ship's deck to watch the boat leave the port, and then we went back down into the cabin, uh, again had a bit more downtime. Then we went to explore the boat, had some lunch um, on the boat... And then went back again, had a nap, and by the time our nap was over, we'd arrived. So it was, it's really, really great. I love the ferry. And to be honest, I really preferred the whole driving, especially with COVID, the whole driving and ferry situation. The ferry going out and the ferry coming back were completely completely empty. I mean I think when we were walking and eating lunch on the ferry back we counted about eight people. That's the that's all we saw. There was hardly anybody. I do think most people probably got cabins but there were less cars on the ferry than there were going out and on the way out I'd say there were maybe 50-60 cars and on the way back maybe 30 at a push 30 cars and a couple of lorries so honestly, it's uh, it was empty, which was lovely. But as I said in the uh, in my podcast, when I arrived in France, really, really sad
1: um,
0: that we are in this situation. And also, it's really sad. I mean, who knew we'd get to a place where we were being randomly checked up on? That we were in our own homes, abiding by the new laws. I mean, it just seems it just seems seems like a movie almost seems so ridiculous I know it's necessary of course it's necessary but it just seems who would have known we'd be in a place where we'd be like this this is so weird um then so the 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 drive which is what most of you want to know about was fine um so we left at eight o'clock in the morning I made sure that Elwood was well fed Amandine had also done a pee and had some breakfast We drove for three hours straight, so Elwood slept, I would say, for about an hour and a half of that, and then was awake for about an hour and a half of that. He did so well not wanting his milk, because when we're at home, he feeds every two hours, but for some reason in the car, I managed to distract him. He went back to sleep maybe for half an hour, and it was okay. Amandine, yes, she watched a lot of iPad. A lot. Um, But we're going to have a bit of an iPad detox this week whilst we're at home. But she did watch a lot of iPad. I'm not sure there's any way of avoiding it. Maybe there is if you're really, really patient. But... The stuff that she's watching is fine it's relatively educational it's all in French so it's helping her French um, so it doesn't really bother me too much and the whole time we were in France she didn't watch the iPad or any TV once so it normally it's a daily thing whilst I'm making dinner from 5 to 5 30 she watches TV but in France it was nothing um, so I felt like she could make up for it on the journey back. We did buy her headphones in case Elwood was crying the whole way. We found these brilliant headphones. They're called Pogs. Um, they come from Denmark, I think. Anyway, we, we had some Sento... Well, we I bought some, um, and they're brilliant. But the only annoying thing is in the car seat, because the headrest on the car seat comes so ra- so much round her head to protect her head, obviously, brilliant. But when she leans back with the headphones on, the headphones aren't slimline enough to fit within the headrest. So... Um, she she can't, she can't really wear them, essentially. Um, but she didn't really want to wear them anyway. We only gave them to her on the trip back because Elwood was so good on the way out. Um, and we just thought, well, we haven't given them to her yet, so we should give them to her. But she didn't wear them anyway. Um, but I'm sure she'll wear them for other things. And when we go back to flying, she'll wear them. Um, I don't actually know car safety-wise how safe they are um, with car headrests and things. But um, I'm sure there's some guidance around that that I can look on. But she didn't wear them anyway. Um, And when we stopped, we found a brilliant stop. France have such great stops. And there was lots and lots of picnic benches. We found that one that was covered because it had been raining slightly. And I laid out the picnic that I'd done for everybody in the morning. We played. There was a playground and explored for an hour. And then jumped back in the car. Went to the loo. Jumped back in the car. And... uh, Back on our way it was, and we did another stint um all the way to the end, actually, which was um well, I guess that would have been four hours, maybe. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. I was so impressed with the kids, so so impressed with the kids. Maybe we were lucky. Um, we had prepared Amandine for the journey back, just like we'd done with the journey out we prepared for the journey back by explaining to her a good few days before we left this is what's going to happen, we're doing the same thing we're going to be at home, all your toys, yada yada so she really knew the the process to get home and the different transport where we were staying, um, in the hotel then we were going to get on the boat then we'd drive for another hour, then we'd be home Um, so she was well prepared so I think she didn't get upset once, she didn't cry once which was great Um, so I feel... I feel like we got off easy but also we did the prep work um, and I think that's all there is to say on the way back really. So let me get to your questions. All right so question number one is tell us more about raising them as bilingual. How did you get a so fluent? I'd like to do the same. So actually Hendrik only speaks French to Amandine. That's it. He will speak English to me and if we're talking as a family he'll probably speak English to me and then speak to say the same thing in French to Amandine, um, but he really does only speak French to Amandine and address Amandine in French the whole time. Um, and I think that's what, that's what does it. She only watches TV in French unless she is watching the Julia Donaldson stuff, um, because I, we haven't been able to find that in French yet. Um, but otherwise, all TV is in French. So that's how we're doing it. And I'm speaking to her, obviously, only in English. Uh, I hope as my French gets better, I'll start speaking to her a little bit in French as well, because I don't think it'll make a difference, especially because she'll be going to school over here, so she'll be speaking English. And we'll expect her French to drop a little bit uh, when she does go to school in English, so Hendrik's putting in as much effort as he can now. Um, French books, Hendrik only reads French books to her. I read English books to her, and... Um, So yeah, anything to do. Whenever she's with Hendrik, it's all French. Whatever they're doing, it's French. We've got French games, French books, French TV. There, That's my top tips. How is Hendrik getting on bonding with E? Any tips on how to help Dad's bond? Mm, I would say there's been a huge difference whilst we've been away with Hendrik bonding with Elwood. I think as he's stopped crying so much, Elwood... Um, and I've started to know kind of what Elwood needs a lot more. So he isn't crying as much. Hendrick is bonding a lot more. I think Hendrick found it quite uh, overloading um, to start with. Any tips on how to help Dad's bond? Um, just let them take their time. It will happen eventually, I think. Uh, and don't pressure them. Any time I kind of said to Hendrik, oh, you need to bond, you need to bond, you need to pick him up, you need to hold him... I just kind of got the opposite effect. So I would say just let them do it in their own time. Um, I try and do books when I can with Amaldine without Elwood. So that's, I guess, a little bit of force time for Hendrik to be with Elwood. Uh, but as Elwood has started smiling more and being more interactive when you talk to him and playing with things more, Hendrik has been... Uh, able to much much more easily bond with uh, Elwood because he's got some feedback I think it's really difficult for them when they're not giving you any feedback so give him time it'll happen how does track and trace work Um, they visit you at home after holiday. So I think I probably (laughs) outlined previously what it is, but essentially, yes, you fill out your passenger locator form when you're on your way back into the UK, and from that, they find out when you're home, and obviously your home address, and they come and randomly check up on you, ask for your ID. Um, When they rock up at the door, they'll either want to see all of you, the whole family, or just one of you, Um, and they'll come multiple times. So they say during uh, your your quarantine period you'll also get phone calls on your phone. When you fill in your passenger locator form, you can say if you want to accept texts, phone calls, phone calls and texts. I said just phone calls because we don't have signal for SMS text messages here. Um, so we're getting phone calls. Will you take Elwood to any mum and baby group groups? I've just signed up for Baby Sensory. Um <laughs> I don't think I can to be honest. I mean I'm trying to keep up with Amandine's baby group which is swimming um and even that's hard enough. I a- Amandine doesn't go to nursery yet, so I don't really have any time where I can just take Elwood um to a baby group unless Hendrick's home and with his roster it's really tricky to have anything continue uh, you know to to sign up to something constantly. Uh, without maybe having my mum come up and look after Amandine. It's really tricky. So at the moment, no. Um, At the moment, I feel like... I didn't do many with Amandine anyway. I literally just did swimming with Amandine. Uh, And was there one more? Did I do one more with Amandine? Oh, Amandine does ballet as well, doesn't she? But baby classes, I barely did anything. Um, So probably not, no. Uh, It doesn't... Oh, hang on. Um, Did Will You Give a dummy to elwood if it helps soothe him what's your take on dummies i think dummies are great if they work for you if you feel you need them we have at the minute uh, avoided we didn't with amandine she found her thumb really early on elwood is looking for his thumb already he's sucking his hands he's sucking his fingers all he has to do is pop his thumb out and he'll be there with the thumb. So I think we'll probably avoid the dummy, but I don't think it's an avoidance uh, thing. You know, if it works for you, give him the dummy. I was so close to giving him one, and then he actually started to really settle himself. Um, But, you know, now... uh, Oh! Oh! (laughs) Did you hear that? Well, there you go. That's Elwood pooping live on the podcast. Um, (laughs) Good job I'm nearly finished, isn't it? So... (laughs) i can't believe he did that i don't think amaldine ever did that uh anyway if it works for you do it definitely Uh, i have nothing against them i think they're brilliant and what we found with amaldine is it's really hard to get rid of the thumb because obviously it's attached to her so it might may well be easier for self-soothing to give them the dummy and then you can take that away and it's easy some kids you take it away from them then they find their thumb um but i don't know we're trying with Amandine to allow her to just have her thumb at night because she doesn't obviously suck it all night or in the car uh, because in the car it's nice to have her quiet and soothed. Um, how is your snooze pod set up? I have one but I don't know how to make the use of the side part as it doesn't help with night feeds. It just gets in the way of me get, of getting out of bed. So I think they've changed it because I have a snooze pod three, I think it is. Um, and... I've had loads of questions about this because mine comes right up against the bed. There's no extra ledge section. And I'm pretty sure on the new ones, they've created an extra ledge, which keeps baby in. So it's less of a, you know, it's, it's less of a continuation of your mattress, essentially. Um, so I can't really help you with that question. Maybe watch some videos, maybe seek some guidance. Um, call up the store where you bought it from, Perhaps um there's a great store near me in exeter who i'm sure she'd be really happy to help it's called just another baby her name's charlie she's brilliant um she'll know much more about the new snooze pods than i do um but yeah i think they have changed it i don't know if this was a safety issue that they had but um they have changed it all right last question that i haven't covered uh, does a still sleep with white noise our two-year-old does wondering whether to wean him off yes she still sleeps with white noise I sleep with white noise with Elwood and Hendrik sleeps with white noise in his room. We all sleep with white noise. I don't think you need to necessarily wean them off it. Um, Amaldine will fall asleep in the car without it. If I'm pretty sure she'd fall asleep if she absolutely had to without it. Um, I think it's just something that's helpful. But we have a travel white noise machine and we also have plug-in white noise machines and Hendrik is never without his and there's also apps on the phone that you can have so i don't really see the need to wean them off um i think it gives them when i spoke to the sleep consultant about Amandine's sleep when it was getting a bit dodgy she very much said it's 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 keeping their sleep um air, their sleep cues the same especially when you go away somewhere so completely black room white noise uh, same sleep bag whatever is all key to having them have a good night's sleep. So I think if it's working for you, don't don't stop it. <laughs> why? Why would you? I mean, if, if your two-year-olds sleeping really well, I don't see any need to wean them off. Um, you might want to turn it down, but I don't uh, don't see any need to wean them off. Um, and that's what the sleep consultant said to me for now as well. You'll probably find that they asked for it to to not be on in the first place. I think one of my friends said that. Um, her daughter just said one evening, I don't want it. Can we not have it? And then you see how they sleep and then it's fine. So that brings me to the end of the podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, my expert midwife and I are either doing a live Q&A or a and a Um, that won't be live because I know loads of you asked for it to be subtitled but I can't subtitle a live as far as I'm aware so we're just trying to figure out how to make it as accessible to you all as possible but it's going to be about preparing for birth and recovery so really really helpful topic topic Leslie who's been on the podcast before is going to come on talk all about it um, on uh, mum talk Instagram and mum talk podcast Instagram and going to answer all of your questions. Um, any live questions you want to send in and any questions that you've sent into Instagram, uh, my Instagram page already will all be answered. So great thing to be there for. It's going to be on Thursday, this Thursday. So tomorrow, because you're listening on Wednesday tomorrow um, at 8 p.m. in the evening. It will either be live or it will be a Q&A um, just around that time thank you so much for being here if you haven't already please do leave a review and rate if you have a moment it really helps especially when starting a new series for other mums and parents to find the podcast and be part of our wonderful wonderful supportive community and once again thank you so much for being here and I will catch up with you next week I will just add there are lots of guests coming on the podcast but it's towards the end of the series uh, mainly because I have you know, I'm only nine weeks into Elwood and trying to find time to record with people is really tricky. So bear with me. But we've got some fantastic guests coming on. Uh, have a doctor, a skin specialist coming on to talk about skincare in pregnancy, etc, etc, etc. Lots of great guests. So stay tuned. Bye! Even the second time round, I didn't really know what to pack in my hospital bag. I knew what not to pack, but there is always a worry that you will have forgotten something you yearn after in labour. Luckily for us, the midwives at My Expert Midwife have curated a hospital bag set with all their essentials, including the brilliant Spritz for Bits, which I can personally recommend. It certainly saved my delicate parts post-birth. Soak for Bits, No Harm, Nipple Balm, Spritz for Labour and Labour Rollable, designed to help calm and focus. As our little gift to you, My Expert Midwife have kindly given me an exclusive code to share with you, for 10% discount across all products. Head to www.myexpertmidwife.com and use Mum talk 10 at checkout and get that hospital bag packed. Don't forget to get your birth partner to pack it for you so they know where everything is. I made that error first time round.